0: The color. Sophia, Cranberry's here. Yay!
1: Oh okay. Yeah, it works. Okay. Welcome to the product. <laughs> Welcome to therapy Sunday. Why did I say it like that? I need to practice. So hold on. <laughs> welcome, welcome. No, that's wait. That's like a weather reporter voice. Welcome to therapy Sundays. My name is Sophia, and my name is Dash,
0: and welcome to therapy Sundays. You say it twice every time. I know because I never
1: know what to say, and that's the first thing that I think about. Maybe
0: next time you should script your
1: beginning. <laughs> welcome to therapy Sundays. My name is Sophia. My name's Dash.
0: And this is a very intense podcast to which I will begin on a very high note. It's true. We're really hyped because we just did the New York Times quiz.
1: And we searched almost every answer up. However... We still feel very proud of ourselves. I did get some with my brain. They were easy ones. What's that like? Um, Using my brain is a really strange experience. (laughs) Like you called an actress a bat. I thought it was about rainforest dwellers, but apparently the answer is They're cadabra. not bats! And I'm just mad because one of the answers was Abra, and not Kadabra. It's but I guess if you were going to magic school, you would know how to Abra, and they would teach you how to cadabra. Because Abra is like a B-Tech version of Abba,
0: <laughs> or because the magic. name is copyrighted.
1: It's magic,
0: because you can Abra, but can you Kadabra? I can't do either. <laughs> I can't really get out of bed these days. I climbed out a bed at 3 p.m. today. 3 p.m. It's not like I have things to do. You texted me that you...
1: Oh, interesting. What? I thought we were going to meet at 3. Did we not meet at 3?
0: Oh, my God. That's why I texted you saying I have to be in your house at 30 minutes, but I'm still in bed and you live 40 minutes away from me on a Uber. I thought you made it, though. For 4:30, and I
1: don't know what I did between three and 4:30. And...
0: <laughs> I had a slow breakfast. I like I I t- I talk I talked on the phone. We listening to King
1: Princess.
0: We did talked on the telly. I talked on the I to my mum. I did not phone my mum. She's really mad at me because I don't call her. Hi mom. So you you're not probably, listening.
1: You should probably <laughs> phone your mum. then.
0: <laughs> No, because last time I said, oh, mom, here's a music cover that I made. And she said, ah, and I'm sick. And <laughs> I was like, oh. Uh, and I didn't have the emotional response to type in anything else except for, like, okay. an upside down smile emoji. <laughs> I, I just said, Very oh. nice. Oh,
1: The communication is impeccable. <laughs> the emotional involvement is on a high note. <laughs> Do you realize that the mic quality is better in my room here? Do you think it's because this house is nicer?
0: Than my like two bed one bedroom flat? Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> two bedroom.
0: <laughs> it wasn't like, was barely a bedroom. I swear it was supposed to be like a balcony. It always happens in my room. True. So we're we're in Sophia's new house. Sophia moved everyone, stalked her down. I live at um
1: this place.
0: No, please. If I'll leave gonna... my
1: address if you DM me for information.
0: What, like what? Like feedbacks? What information do you want?
1: <laughs> What do you want in return? Food. Nothing Ooh. fucking delivers here. Can we bring True. some? Yeah. Because today, um, I ate a cup of rice and then tea. Just <laughs> and a yeah. cup of rice. No boiling. No anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then for lunch. Wait, did you measure it out
0: with a cup? Yeah.
1: And then for dinner, um, I had two bites
0: of a quesadilla that was too spicy for me. No, you also had like... A pizza. Yes, and you had some mangoes and oh, chocolate and Kit Kats. Yes.
1: Well, those are like... You're um, walking food journal? I mean... I <laughs> and think animal
0: crackers? If you ask
1: me... I'm not going to ask you. if you did... <laughs> Hypothetically, I... Th- think that snack is
0: my favorite meal of the
1: day. Mm, okay, snack time was my favorite subject.
0: We decided to do a more conversational format today, you guys, because let um, us know. <laughs> let us know down in the comments below if you like this no format. <laughs> let us know down on our Instagram page if you like this. No, just oh, tell yeah, me. Oh yeah, we have that. Okay. We should probably update that. You know some Should probably you tell, know,
1: I'll tell you later. <laughs> Wait, you have to remember <laughs> I will remember. Shop talk,
0: shop talk. Oh yeah, but Do you like think
1: we could expand our vocabulary by doing the crossword. Every oh day? no, I
0: think we'll be smarter. Genuinely, I think so I'll be like, ah, años. <laughs> you're just Spanish. You're just gonna sound like you're more in tune uh, with your heritage than you are.
1: Quinceañer.
0: <laughs> I I like faci- like facilitate facilitated. I <laughs> solidified a word in Spanish today. Um <clears throat> Kanya. Oh my god. So fancy. I think so. Alt culture. You are alt culture. You have a ukulele.
1: Everyone has a ukulele. I don't. But most like soft girls do. Soft girls. <laughs> Would you describe
0: yourself as a soft girl? No. <laughs> no. Um You have a Winston Churchill in your room. That's not alt. Yeah, but that's not soft girls. What I'm <laughs> say. <laughs> she has I a would- poster of Winston Churchill making a peace sign. I think it's ironic. Oh, you also have a flannel. that's pretty bisexual.
1: Oh, I thrifted it.
0: That's very right. bisexual. That's it's right. also very bisexual.
1: I have a sock puppet
0: filled with cherry pits.
1: I collected.
0: And this bitch shames me for being, a, like, a weird theater kid. You I going mean, a sock pop into cherry You not collect bits. other people's cherry pits after they're eaten? And then sew them into a sock? No. It sounds weird if you put it like that, but I just want to It is it.
1: weird. So today, we wanted to talk about a very Oh, speaking
0: of art, actually. Speaking, speaking of, of art.
1: artists, to which I identify as um
0: when did you come out as an artist
1: <laughs> it was actually really hard for me 2013 I had to tell my parents I think I'm an artist and they said fuck you're not a
0: doctor <laughs> yeah it was a really t- challenge t- told my parents I'm going to theater they said ha, no you're not he said they uh, still yeah. say that I mean
1: it's been like a couple years <laughs> I have the application written for my <laughs> like theater. you paid
0: for my theater summer school <laughs> nah nah,
1: nah. Eh. on the topic of artists we want let's to... talk about woody allen no we want to talk about the very important topic to which one of our subscribers said we should talk about but i couldn't remember who but whoever said this it's one of
0: your friends right
1: yeah i think so yeah you can't...
0: there's like two of your friends listening to the podcast so yeah so
1: whichever two you are can't remember um we're gonna so talk gonna be about Kai.
0: <laughs> hi hi Kai. Kai.
1: We're going to be talking about separating the art from the artist, no, but so not really whether we should do that or not, but rather just kind of
0: the concepts behind that, I guess. And
1: Oh yeah, we're not going to make opinions. an opinion.
0: We're not going to form an opinion. Yeah, we're not going to Because gonna we're not controversial.
1: It uh, <laughs> says after
0: making a whole
1: Respect the Gays podcast. Uh, okay, so... I don't think we're going to form, like, a conclusion. We're not going to be like, yeah, you should separate the art from the artist, or you shouldn't. Speak for yourself. I want to form a conclusion. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... Because, because there's... It's really... With this topic, it's really dubious to <laughs> form a conclusion. Nah.
0: <laughs> um, Would you yeah. like to start? You're the most knowledgeable on this topic. I just... I, I just did a, a
1: <laughs> philosophy presentation on separating the art from the artist oh you took philosophy it was actually called theory of knowledge in the ib but i really think it should have just been called philosophy because that's ex- essentially what it was but and why'd you, you they, they can argue point? and say no it's a theory of your knowledge but it, it was just philosophical
0: and why'd you have to make a presentation why did you choose this topic why oh choosing? i chose
1: um my partner and i and
0: hi mathea That just Mm sounds, you know, like, that sounds like um, my partner
1: and I. My presentation partner partner and I. I,
0: We were only in a relationship during the presentation. (laughs) As um, soon as class ended, out of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We did our presentation on how we can determine the value of an artwork based on authority or just the art itself. Um, So we talked about different points of views and kind of, went into the theories behind that Um, and our like situation was the I don't know if you remember this but in 2018 you know Banksy that dude (laughs) that's Banksy the graffiti artist um, he made this artwork called Girl with a Balloon and he sold it at the Sotheby's auction in London and it was in this frame that he had built in a shredder. And as the painting was auctioned off and the bidder like, won the painting, I guess, um, it was shredded. And then I think it was renamed to something else. And then he posted it on his Instagram page and it was this whole thing. And
0: Why was it shredded?
1: I think, well, basically he wanted to... Um, rebel against the auctioneers and the buyers to challenge the idea that art must be bought to have value, um, which is silly because the art was still sold after that. So it was a little hypocritical, except Wait, it, so it was extremely hypocritical. He
0: said art must be sold to have value.
1: No, but no, yet He wanted to challenge the idea that art had to be sold to have value, but, but it was still s- sold. But did that's the, the bitch, hypocritical part? Does that bitch one
0: live in a park? Is he an yeah. anarchist? He well, he
1: definitely is. Probably an individual. But I don't really like Banksy. Controversial opinion. Mo- I know an, <laughs> I have an art teacher that doesn't like Banksy. Oh no! <laughs> Controversial opinion. I don't know. I just think his artwork is like kind of dull. It's kind of boring. It's pretty surface level. Sips. I'm just kidding. I just don't really care for him that much. He's cool though. Kind of dope. Okay. Um, but yeah. So we wanted to talk about in our presentation at the time, the different values of art and how they connect to different um people based on their personal values and motivations toward the towards the artwork itself or even the artist and whether it's out of admiration or disgust and you know, the different sort of frameworks in which we decide whether a piece of art is valuable. And that kind of comes under the, should we separate art from the artist? Because should we judge the art solely based upon what is put in front of us and what we can see and what we get from it, from ourselves? So that sort of art audience relationship, or should we also consider the artist making it?
0: Well, I think there's a fine line because in some ways, (laughs) especially artists, if we consider art as... um, consumerism and so uh, yeah let's actually touch upon that topic first so two one is consumerism and two is the content of their art so if they are like painting or like writing books there's a certain demographic they're targeting so in terms of consumerism people that are artists and only like say perform to like higher class right like, that is, like, their art can only be enjoyed, mm-hmm. therefore, by people of a certain presentation. Yeah. Like, and that could be for their questionable values. Yeah. Um, similarly, if you're, for example, like, a, an artist and you only depict white people. Yeah. That's a problem. If you're a writer and you have an anti-Semitic narrative. mm mm-hmm. Which isn't questioned by another character, that's a, a problem, problem. Even though, if, even if the writing is good, mm-hmm. and that's the problem, you're like, yeah, because you're sending for a message example,
1: out. That book, Lolita, written by Vladimir Nabokovs, no, <laughs> I don't know how Nabokov. to say Nabokov. No, Nabokov. Oh. Um, it does have beautiful writing. However, if you really think about it, it's portraying a male gaze of a 15-year-old girl who was sexually abused
0: predatory abuse. um
1: a pedophile that book was written from the point of view of a pedophile and people argue oh well vladimir wasn't a pedophile how do you write about such a character in that raw sense and actually there were um kind of there were evident there was evidence that he was predatory but
0: also whether or not he was yeah. The, ter- the, the sense, like the responsibility that comes with being an artist, is that you have an audience to take care of.
1: Yeah, and the problem with it is that it did result in this glamorization and romanticization of pedophilic behaviors, and that sort of it glamorized having daddy issues. Like all of this, and like
0: all of this people, like listening, like you guys, if you ever read fan fiction of any sort. There's always a narrative of a high school girl being stolen. The one bought bought by One Direction. (laughs) Into slavery. And they're like, oh my god, that's so So romantic. Wait, excuse me. If they... I was always like... (laughs) Use... I was always thinking like, if you are...
1: If you idolize
0: someone, right? But then they're a murderer. Do you no. keep idolizing them? You're like, ah, well, murder me.
1: The people that idolize Ted Bundy, he has a fan club because he was attractive.
0: Uh, murder me, and he wasn't even. Oh,
1: I mean, he wasn't even that attractive, which isn't the issue with that. <laughs> but first of all, commit a hate crime against my body. First of all, you are seriously in need of therapy on a pedestal when he you need of therapy raped and killed dozens of women you're joking
0: no they're not joking they're serious well they should be
1: i hope they're not
0: even joking about that yeah and the thing is a lot of these narratives are that are questionable like a ted bundy is very you know well-known figure yeah, when um, but when but when we think about older people we don't think it in the context of modern day world which we should because for example like wagner right wagner wagner very <laughs> famous musician asshole anti-semitic like he he literally said the jews are incapable of art not my favorite composer was quite famous like, whether or not the views were quite popular at the time doesn't make it unproblematic. Like, Yeah, um, that painter
1: Degas was also anti-Semitic. T.S. Eliot, which is anti-Semitic. I didn't even know that, but it does make me look at their artwork in a completely different way, even though they're not depicting necessarily anti-Semitic Things in their artwork. I look at these ballerinas and I'm like, oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, the guy who painted this hated Jews.
0: Okay, I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Like, you know, call out culture right now. Yeah. You're a lot of people are calling out actors. A lot of people are calling out like, like people who are like, di- like directly communicate with their audience, mm-hmm. like actors, singers. Why? Then, how is being an artist or a composer any different? You're still in charge of an audience. You still, like, a lot of people will still idolize you for that, the reason that you put yeah. your, like, they put you on a pedestal. Color, you are responsible for
1: these people. It seems to be more targeted towards influencers. Yeah. People who are actually directly communicating to an audience. But, but that's they how are directly,
0: be. but musicians and. It, like composers and directors and producers and yeah. uh, dancers all directly communicate to an audience. We just underestimate the power that isn't words. Yeah, you might not
1: see Wooden, Woody Allen. What? <laughs> Woody
0: Allen. <laughs> I, I can't even
1: say his name. That's how gross he is. I you, don't, you might not see Woody Allen on the screen, but that doesn't
0: mean his self wasn't put in the artwork. If if Woody Allen was your, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, everyone would be calling yeah. him out left and right because, oh no, but how could he, like, he was, like, such, in so many movies. As soon as you step behind the screen, no one gives a shit.
1: Yeah, even though you
0: probably are one of the biggest influences behind the movie. Yeah, you're the one in charge of casting. You're the, like, oh, just I'm... just think about it. If you're being cast by a director that is predatory... You, you, you be, are targeted already because you're already passing some some level of their criteria of what they're looking for in a
1: person. If you're, for example, casted by somebody who sexualizes young girls and you're a young girl being casted into his movie, you're likely to be sexualized in such movie and similarly, targeted by that director.
0: Similarly, you're not going to get an accurate representation if that director is racist. Like, mm. because... Even like this is like uh, for black people, for example, it's already so niche to get into any of these areas. For example, like the like there's stats to prove that if a black person comes in with their natural Afro hairstyle, mm-hmm. like dreadlocks, and listen up for all of you who don't agree that that white people should be able to wear box braids, this is the reason why. Like when a black person wears box braids. It is guaranteed that they're probably not going to get a position in a like in a good office mm-hmm. or like like any company. any any sort of company or job. Yeah, because it is considered not formal, quote unquote. So they have to wear weaves. They have to wear weaves that are straight hair that are mm. like white people hair. No, I mean if you notice, a lot of these um, black
1: actors and actresses that we see on screen have weaves, straightened hair, something that. Fits the Hollywood ideal hairstyle,
0: and don't even get me started about sets. Oh. So many black people like say you have to come on set with makeup done, hair done, because they they hire like makeup artists and hair artists that only know how to work with white hair, and they mess you up completely mm-hmm. because they don't they don't have the right shades of foundation, they don't have the proper equipment of combs yeah, for
1: like hair. They don't have the equipment they don't have the tools necessary
0: so then so then for someone to be casting you you're like already in such an underprivileged position that's not what we need right now we do not need people in charge to be of like questionable views okay just to divert a little bit um
1: not really even divert but what do you think about separating the art from the artist when the artist is dead for example, Michael Jackson,
0: or Wagner,
1: or Wagner, or Degas, or Picasso.
0: See, that's the thing. I think when you, the, this art that's already circulating, we can't really do anything about. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's. I think that color culture is quite pointless because, in a way, you're wasting time to keep people that are alive accountable. Mm-hmm. By hating on people who are no I mean, longer alive. People like
1: Woody Allen and Harvey Weinstein are still walking around today. They're still out there
0: making things. Well, oh. yeah, and it's you know you know um, alongside the Black Lives Matter movement, I yeah. saw a really good comment recently. It was like um, people who like say all lives matter. Did you see this white white boy got killed recently in mm-hmm. America? And someone was like, well, why are we, why are we not protesting about that? And they asked, well. Was the person who did a tract? Yes. Fired? Yes. Jailed? Forever. So what would we need to protest for? Yeah,
1: because the people, the black community who was killed by officers weren't <laughs> tracked or penalized or jailed. So obviously, I think in a lot and of ways, been... people are missing the point of these protests.
0: And there's been times when like, Women have been immediately demoted from their positions, or like even currently right now, like you know, in, in presidential elections, when we look at someone like Trump or Biden, a lot of people say, "Well, it is what it is. They're that way. Okay, whatever." Then Biden chooses someone, and I know there's other reasons for him choosing like Come a prime on. minister, but as soon as like the 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 woman does, they're like, "No, she needs to change." But a man, oh, he is what he is. How it is? Mm -hmm. What that's so? It's so double standard. Yeah, but but come on, Harris, change that bitch. Change that bitch right now. Like you can't.
1: And now is a very crucial time to see where a lot of these people in the limelight, like celebrities, stand upon the Black Lives Matter movement and any other protests, and how vocal they are because they have such a podium to stand up for these things you really would question why not use it why not be more vocal about it why not donate why not
0: I would go a step further further and I would say that is your responsibility part with fame if you want to be famous famous is not about selfishness it's about inspiring other people it's about other people looking up to you how are you going to take care of them if you're not going to take care of your audience sit at home talk to the wall
1: people who are looking up to you People of all of people of color who are looking up to you who are
0: looking to you to stand up for them, for their rights because you this is the thing, right? People say, well, artists are just normal people. If you have an audience, They're
1: certainly not
0: normal if you people. if you have an audience. That I I don't care what you have to say, but you 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 stepped into a position of responsibility. I'm sorry, you
1: might feel like a regular person in the sense that you wake up and you get dressed and you have your yeah. breakfast. So does the
0: fucking president, and, you have and your, everyone everyone yeah. keeps them
1: accountable. And you have relationship problems, and maybe you're not on good terms with your mom. Yeah, we're that's very that's everyone on this that's fucking planet. Very regular, but. Oh, what do you have? You also wake up in the morning with millions of comments on a tweet that you post. You have people. Says, Hi.
0: You have millions of people going to sleep thinking about you. Like, think about that for a minute. And yeah. what you said and what you did and people will write what you said, make it into quotes, put it all over their fucking room. People have you as their... Background screen, photo.
1: Screensaver. They put you in their collage of my idols.
0: They put you in their, like, dream boards.
1: Yes. And if you can't take responsibility and internalize that, and realize don't go commercial, that you have this responsibility for the people who are looking out for you in your career.
0: Then what are you doing with your platform? If you, if those people are giving you, those people are essentially giving you money. If those people are giving you fame, what are you giving them? Oh, I'm giving them some music, bitch. Please. They're
1: streaming your music. Please. Your music didn't have to be streamed. Your music didn't have to be bought. It didn't have to be listened
0: to. Which, please, like, okay, everyone's like, every, everyone's like, oh, it's so hard to be an artist. So hard to be an artist. It's, a, it's it, okay. There's psychological it's a pressure. But when you make art, okay, from like, you just you sit down and make it, just like an engineer would sit down and make it, just like everyone sits down and makes it, but. When an engineer makes it, there's safety guidelines that they follow.
1: I think... Whether th- or
0: not there's tests that they run on everything that's going to be consumed by the people. Why do we not Another... have the same... Like, we, we, we can't police art, so we, we have to make sure at least the artists themselves are sensible.
1: Another reason that we really have to put a microscope up to these artists and ask questions like, should we separate the art from the artist? We don't really ask, should we separate the engineer from the bridge? Because artists make work that's so deeply personal and emotional and connects to the audience, you, that it can't not influence you in a certain way. It can't not put, you cannot put yourself into the work that you make. And I'm not saying that other lucratives and and, um, occupations don't do that, but you have to admit you don't. There's a different type of relationship that an audience has with an artwork than maybe you have with the medicine that you take.
0: There's no artist that just writes music that has nothing to do with them. You're not going to be like, "Oh my god, like I I live like such a good life. I'm I'm going to write about um something that I have know nothing about because that inspires me a lot. If art is the
1: thing that keeps you alive, which I assure you it is, it's the thing that makes us feel human, it's the thing that makes us feel seen, then you really should take a look at the type of art that you're praising. If that's what's what's keeping you going every day, what's keeping you present and makes you feel, just
0: feel. And at the same time, like, I think there's such a double standard in society right now where call-out culture is prevalent, but activism is shamed. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: don't understand how you can coexist between both mediums.
1: And call-out culture is a lot more prevalent as well, whereas I
0: feel like we should be paying a lot more attention to the activist side of... Yeah, what's the solution? What's the solution? Okay, this this bitch is bad. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? what about the people who are doing something
1: about it if you Why? find out that one of the youtubers you watch has a racist past and you call them out for it well what can you do about the thing that you have a problem with you participate in activism for you share sources racism. you share sources, you, you sign donate. Petitions, you donate, you follow instagram pages that educate you on current events especially with the things that you're calling your celebrities out for.
0: Yeah, if you,
1: you when you're calling
0: someone out on something, you have to first check what am I doing about that? Why is it not wrong? Why is it not wrong for me to do it? And that's and that's another thing. You know what when people when people call out celebrities and they say, you know, like, well, they're not doing that. They have a platform. Uh yeah, so basically what you're saying is an artist is responsible. An artist is responsible for that. Like but but the two and two are never put together. You're like, yeah, but no, they're art, I'm still gonna I'm still fucking listen to it. There is a certain
1: point where the artist's artwork passes on a responsibility to you and you have to take a moment to step back and think, Well, how does this impact me and what can I do about what I get from this piece of work? Am I going to support it? And it does it you can watch the movie get out and feel re- very strongly about the messages against racism. So what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. How can you educate yourself further? You know?
0: Exactly. And in the... Oh, you want to talk about this?
1: Oh, yeah. So there's also this... and the idea of separating the art from the artist, there is a movement, or there has been a movement in art called the art for art's sake movement which basically means that we should just look at the art itself. Um well it's a little, it's not as simple as that because that movement was um more towards normalizing modern art and helping modern artists get a message out that it's just I don't know if this is really related. <laughs> just
0: what, what, what I mean was... it's
1: just that I mean, arts for art's sake isn't about just the value of art. It's mostly about how we, as audiences, view a type of artwork and whether we think it should have value or not. Which basically emphasizes just the relationship between the artwork and the audience. But I well, don't necessarily no, agree with but that. But if
0: there's if there's a formed if there if there's a formed connection between the art and the audience. Does, is, does that equal to the relationship between the audience and the artist?
1: I think yes. In some ways, yes. I mean, for me, every time I find a piece of artwork that I really love, I immediately go find who this artist is and learn about them and see what they support and see what they, their views are and if we have any you know things in common so that you can feel closer to the art in a way. Yeah. and that's um that's why i love modern art and maybe some ways that other people shame modern art for is because when you take the time to get to know the artists and their messages and their history suddenly that artwork has a lot of has way different
0: messages i'm gonna throw out a statement sure Pose a so question. what if what if what if an artist is sharing stories of other people and not stories of themselves? Does that mm-hmm. connect their art? To yeah. Them?
1: That's kind of the issue with directors. some directors like Woody Allen and Quentin Tarantino, who um, was, you know, he, Quentin Tarantino is quite, you know, he's a little bit on the fence for me because I it's complicated. He has he's not the kindest director in the world and he has supported some people within his, you know, the realm of Hollywood, you know, like Woody Allen and stuff. But if you look at the actual art that they're making, it's not as if Quentin is making or Woody Allen is making movies about his direct relationships with people a lot of Woody Allen's movies are exploring other types of rela- relationships. However, to counter that point, there if you really do look at those movies, you can I personally can see some of the ways that I personally think that his views or his relationships seeped into the way that he writes his characters because I watched some of his older more like small movies and a lot of them Do expose some inappropriate relationships.
0: Okay, well then let's talk about Kubrick's work.
1: Yeah, Kubrick. Kubrick. Talk about Clockwork Orange. Such a strange man.
0: Clockwork Orange. Okay, like we just was
1: very abusive towards the actors in the films. Because we
0: just we just talked about the fact that artists, right, um, are putting out a certain message. Now people watch horror movies and people watch Kubrick's work to get that thrill to get that. They're not looking for a good message. So let's talk about Clockwork Orange.
1: Shining. I mean, also Kubrick and relating to Clockwork Orange. Shining is one of the most visually stunning movies I had ever seen. And it disappointed me so much to hear about how Kubrick abused Mary Shelley on the set. And watching that movie back, looking at the actress, Mary Shelley, kind of broke my heart a little bit to see... The ways that she reacted to what was happening on screen, and knowing that those reactions were actually quite authentic and real.
0: Yeah, and in the way, like in the same way. um, But does that take
1: away from the the imagery of that
0: movie? No. Like like pieces like Clockwork Orange, right? That basically promotes home violence.
1: Yeah. And rape. Clockwork oranges.
0: And rape, but at the same time. At the same time. When you watch that, you kind of get a sense. So there's an, there's another you know approach to solving those issues in societies, showing people what it looks like from the side. Yeah, because
1: watching Clockwork Orange, you it is quite it's a very disturbing movie. But then it also shows the consequences of Alex's actions. That's the protagonist, actually antagonist. But um,
0: from a director's point of view, like my personal values, I think that we're talking about ethics here Mm -hmm. at this point. And like when I cooperate with actors, right? You are not cooperating with sheep and how people, you know, use animals. Um, You can't call someone an animal who's a human. And when you communicate with actors on set, it is very important to establish a good connection for me, with the actors, because that creates, that's what theater's for, that's what film is for, you, like, as an artist, you Mm -hmm. participate in film, because you like the atmosphere of producing art as a collaborative thing, you're not, like, you're there for the art, When it's done, Mm -hmm. but in the making, that's not what you're there for. Otherwise, you would just, you know, like you could just like buy that and that's mine. So, do
1: you think it's possible to not support the making of the movie, but to support the product?
0: I um, don't.
1: Or is that too dubious to separate?
0: To be honest, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that if The Shining has been filmed in a more trustworthy environment mm-hmm. it could have like it could have had a greater potential and I even think greater than it already is there because could have been you a know greater
1: potential for mary shelley to continue her acting career
0: there's psychological like uh reasonings to the same reason why i argue so hard against not like parents not beating their kids when you teach people to positively respond to negative connection that exactly it, that, in, that only lasts for so long, and it is very toxic, and it breaks down the person themselves. If you think about the process that way, you what, what you're essentially um, when when you create a piece of theater or a piece of film, the way the actors feel, they're taught to directly translate it to the audience. If the person genuinely feels scared, what I feel like on a set. Yeah. Is that I begin to feel scared for the actor. Yeah. And that's not a good feeling. You you don't want you you want some tension, but you don't want to be scared. It's like shock humor. You don't want to yeah. be stunned when you're watching something. We've been accustomed to it because that's what that's what we've been presented by a lot of producers, like for many, many years. But that's not what creates a good response in art. And there's a lot of studies to prove that. Like I the similar way you know, when we talk about things, writing stories that are not related to you, like, I've written a script about drug addiction, where people deal with serious drug addictions. Not something I've struggled for. Top managers who, who are high-functioning and, like, cocaine addicts. Not something I know about. Mm-hmm. But I still connect to their feelings in a way that i felt a similar way. During a different protest, during like something else that have happened in my office, I'll connect myself to the character. Because if you don't feel the the character through you first, Mm -hmm. it's not going to feel like an authentic piece of writing. And if it doesn't connect to the writer, it's not going to convey to the director. Mm -hmm. It's not going to convey to the actors. No one's going to be able to put that piece on. It's all about the nonverbal connection that is in the art. And if you are an audience and you're watching a piece of art that was produced... In an, unethic- in, a, in an unethical way, what you're doing is essentially, what they're doing to you is a secondhand product of abuse. And although you can't identify that in your neural pathways, that is essentially what you're going to be feeling. It's as mm-hmm. if you are part of that system. One of
1: my favorite movies, and it is still one of my favorite movies, *Inglorious Bastards, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, when I was reading about the movie there was an article about how on set there's a scene where one of the actresses is being strangled by um, a Nazi officer and I didn't know this but in the scene she was actually being strangled by Quentin and he went a bit too far and actually strangled her for real and watching that scene is very intense to see the reaction of someone who's Actually, being strangled and not actually simply acting very well. I mean, she was an amazing actress,
0: but there's there and has then, to be trust on that yeah. side.
1: So. I know. don't know on the actress's part how she felt about that, and I don't know if.
0: But but there, say there was permission given. But in. say say that you are like, um, in support of a certain actor, right? If they produce that work once, sure, because of that neg- like positive response to a negative reaction um most likely because of the trauma connected to it they will no longer be able to reproduce that in the future yeah so you're they actually the payoff is that you're only like that's the only that's the greatest and the last thing that you'll ever make that's actually um
1: a scenario that's explored in the tv show my favorite tv show bojack horseman wonderfully written he's a washed up hollywood star and in one of the movies that he was making he went too far and strangled one of his co-stars an actress and it was shown that later when she was making movies in the future and had to perform stunts she would freeze up and have panic attacks because she would remember the trauma of being actually strangled on set by her co-star and i think about that every time when i watch inglorious bastards and it gets harder to watch that scene, and it's it's very conflicting to wonder if I can still enjoy this, you know, also visually stunning, well-produced movie, knowing that and having that knowledge.
0: Yeah, because at, like, I've done a strangling scene myself, you know, and there had to be such great trust, like, the actor that was doing mm-hmm. two, it was, like, luckily my friend that I had a lot of trust in. And it it was fine. Like I just knew. Like it, like I I didn't have to pretend mm-hmm. essentially because you do want an organic reaction. But what happens like is that like I said, I think something to think about is: do you, as the audience, want to go through that secondhand feeling of yeah. fear of general fear? It, it's it it's like a lot of. You know, slaughterers yeah. go through, like, There's they kind of can't, like, eat meat authority. because they see that fear. Yeah. For the last time an animal, you can't, like, you. Uh, fun fact, when you consume meat on the energetical level, you're actually consuming the fear of the animal in the last, like, minute before they were killed. And that, oh Jesus! Tr- like, it, it, it hinders your, like, karma and your just energy level. Yeah. Um... That's the same byproduct that goes on when you watch a theatrical piece where the actor themselves aren't feeling safe. They won't be able to provide that safety for you as the audience, and that you're not being taken care of. You're taking a risk by being in that audience, by possibly getting traumatized. And think, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't realize that that's what happened to you.
1: Yeah, and when I do go back and watch Inglorious Bastards, I really have to watch it in a different mindset and more of a an analytical mindset where I just sit there and I deconstruct the scenes and I think about, you know, the symbolism and the ways that it was filmed. And I think if you, it's not necessarily wrong or right to keep watching those films, but I think it's important to keep a certain headspace going into them. And I think it is, to me, it was a lot more beneficial to go into that movie. Again, with a more analytical headspace, solely watching it for the art and then watching it again for the emotion
0: and like to kind of round off something that we like to always end on is what do you what should you be doing right now mm-hmm. and I would say that you know, as we mentioned, art does embody cultural footprints and personal experiences that, so they cannot be completely. Isolated from the artists themselves Mm -hmm. But you're not a bad person for finding it appealing Or redeeming qualities in art created by Questionable artists So long as you acknowledge and take ownership Of what your support contributes to You have to acknowledge your privilege For being able to not be affected by someone's Actions and that they aren't triggering You also because for someone Mm -hmm. Who like Has gone through a similar experience Of for example sexual assault Mm -hmm. If they know the actor in the scene husband going through that probably going to trigger them yes just these acknowledge are... that a privilege and like yeah. Sophia said go into it with an analytical mindset and think if you were an actor and they said how would you like to be treated mm-hmm.
1: so it's important to make these decisions for yourself yourselves but it's also important to keep aware and educated and acknowledged which is almost the conclusion that we reach in every
0: podcast. So, and, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. And this has been Therapy Sundays. Hell yeah anti system
1: How good is Why I want to car Dash, is that your second glass of wine? And